A very good morning and welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast Summer Show. It is Wednesday the 17th of January and approaching 10 past 7 uh, Sydney time and 6.10 Brisbane time. A lot of good basketball today. Three games in the NBA starting with Denver and Philadelphia. The Asian Cup continues and we'll catch up with Mossy shortly. Thailand and Saudi Arabia winners uh, overnight slash this morning. Uh, FA Cup third round replays continuing. Big wins yesterday in the NFL for the Buccaneers and the Bills. The NFL playoffs will start on Sunday. The first test between Australia and the Windies starts in Adelaide today, 10 a.m. the first ball local time. Fascinating and uh, looking forward to seeing who wins the toss and whether Australia bats first. And we see Steve Smith uh, early on. The Sixers, a big win in the Big Bash last night. They will play Brisbane in the 1v2 final. Uh, Second chance for them, the Scorchers will finish third and take on Adelaide. Uh, And in the tennis, Aussies... Yesterday, Olivia Gadecki lost to Sloane Stephens. Thanasi Kokonakis, a five-set win, and he will play Grigor Dimitrov next. Ila Tomljanovic plays Petromatic. Uh, oh, sorry, beat Petromatic. Uh, Kim Birrell lost to Yelena Ostapenko. James McCabe lost to Alex Mickelson, and Max Purcell beat Hungarian qualifier Matej Volkish. Um, Today, Alex Dimonor takes on Matteo Alnardi. That is second up on the day session on Rod Laver Arena. The first match is on Jabir versus Mira Andreva. Novak Djokovic plays Aussie Alexi Popurin, second on Rod Laver Arena tonight. Jordan Thompson versus Stefano Tsitsipas, 7pm Margaret Court Arena local time. Yannick Sinner playing today. Coco Goff, Arena Sabalenka, Maria Sakari. Carolina Wozniacki takes on Maria Timofeva. Gail Monfils is playing. Paula Badosa. Also today, Leila Fernandez, Francis Tiafo, Taylor Fritz and Andre Rublev. Chris O'Connell, another Aussie in action today, takes on Ben Shelton. Brad Rosen, good morning to you. How are you? Good, Will. Thank you. Love being here. Very excited. So much great sport going on. It's a fantastic time with everything. The tennis, the cricket, the basketball. Bring it on. Yeah, loving everything taking place. And uh, loving the Asian Cup with Australia taking on Syria tomorrow. Um, Phil Moss will be joining us very, very soon. Uh, returning after a bit of a summer freshen up and a summer break. Uh, FA Cup third round replay is currently being played as well. But let's catch up with Phil Moss, who's up next. Mossy, good morning to you. A very happy new year. How are you? Will Davies, happy new year to you and Brad and uh, all the production staff and all our listeners. Uh, what a great start to 2024. Absolutely. Mossy, um, Asian Cup with the soccer is playing. Keen to get your thoughts on all of that um, very shortly. But I, I just want to start with um, some sad news that, that came through earlier this week surrounding ex-Socceroo uh, Stephen Laybutt. Really sad news um, and someone who you knew fairly well. Yeah, that's right. I'll say a great start to 2024. That certainly didn't kick it off uh, well at all. Uh, Labes um, was a good friend of mine back in the old NSL days. Uh, we'd lost touch recently, but um, he, he was a really, really good man. Um, played the game very hard, but very fair, and um, was really popular with anyone who played with him and against him after the 90 minutes, of course. But uh, yeah, just tragic news. And, um, you know, he, uh, it's, it's well... Um, chronicled that um, he came out um, after his playing career as as being gay, um, and um, you know he um, he struggled with that for for many years. None of us knew, um, but he showed real um, courage uh, coming out when he retired, and and then obviously gave up one of his organs um, to a stranger, really, um, which became very public. And it just goes to show what uh, sort of human being he was. Um, and my condolences to, to all his family and, and close-knit friends. Um, I've, I've only got 
incredible memories of uh, the, the times that I played uh, against Stevie and um, and the nights out. We had some uh, some great laughs over a couple of schooners as well. So uh, very very sad news. Beautifully said, mate. And love and thoughts go out to the family. Let's uh, turn to the Socceroos and the Asian Cup. What did you make of their gritty win over India? Look, I thought it was professional, Brad. Um, they, they were, um, you know, when you go into tournaments like the Asian Cup, um, it, it can be, you know, there's a lot of excitement going through the dressing room. They can't, the players can't wait for the first game to kick off. And, and I thought there was a bit of that. They overplayed a little bit, uh, tried a little bit too hard in the first half. But I think Arnie... Um, and Renee Mullenstein settled them down at half time and, and they came out uh, much, much better. There was more fluency. There were some good substitutions. I think Riley McGree is going to be absolutely key uh, to our success in this Asian Cup, um, just with his creativity and his ability to unlock uh, a, a packed defence, um, which is very different to when we play against an Argentina or an England, for instance, where they'll have the majority of possession. Um, in the Asian Cup, and certainly in the early rounds, uh, we'll have the majority of possession and teams will sit back and pack their defence. So, you know, I think players like Riley McGree, a critical Mitchell Duke up front, um, I thought it was fantastic. Um, and Sammy Silvera, when he came off the bench, great to see an exciting youngster um, starting to make his mark in a national team jersey. So I, th- I think the first win sets us up nicely. It was important that we won the game. It was important we kept a clean sheet, scored a couple of goals, and uh, we ticked all those boxes. What changes can we expect, if anything, any from Arnie tomorrow for the Syria clash, Mossy? Yeah, well, look, I think I think he'll probably bring in a Riley McGree. He didn't start the first game, came off the bench, as I, as I said. Um, so I, I really think this is probably his time to, to shine. You know, it's the first time we've gone into a, a tournament uh, or, or competitive um, games uh, as a national team without the likes of a Tommy Rogic or an Aaron Moy or both. Um, so I really think getting that creativity is uh, is critical. So he'll, he'll probably want to get Riley McGree in there, I would imagine, um, as one starter. Um, and he may decide against Syria to, to maybe rest a Mitchell Duke and swap him with Bruno Fornaroli, let Fornaroli start, Mitchell Duke come off the bench. I don't know if he'll rotate those two or not, uh, but they'd be the two that I'd be thinking. What do you expect as far as the result goes? And, and can we see goals for the Socceroos who might pop up and score a few? Yeah, look, I think uh, we can expect goals. I think that'll give them a lot of confidence the other night. So uh, this next game uh, tomorrow night, ten thirty our time, I, I think we'll um, we'll see at least another two goals, um, if if not more. Um, and I think the likes of I know I keep going back to the same well, but mm. I think Riley McGree may find himself on the score sheet. Um, it'd be good to see Mitchell Duke, um, you know, get another one. Um, you know, he's uh, he's just such a workhorse for for the national team. Does so much grunt work. Um, not probably given enough credit for his quality, but uh, you know I thought he was real quality the other night. Um, so I'd like to see him on the score sheet. And if Bruno Fornaroli does start, then you know you wouldn't bet against him. The form he's in in the A League, you wouldn't bet against him getting on the score sheet either. Well, let's talk A League tomorrow night's game. Brisbane Raw currently, I think eighth, and Macarthur seventh. That'll be crucial for both teams. What are you expecting? I'm expecting goals, mate, because they're both coming off uh, Macarthur a three-three draw with Western United. And uh, Brisbane Raw 3-2 um, over Newcastle Jets. So, uh, you know, in those two games, you're talking 11 goals. Um, and they were both uh, part of those games. So I'd like to think that there's going to be goals tomorrow night. Um, it's not, you know, going to Brisbane Raw, I know they've had their issues with Ross Aloisi leaving um, and Ben Kahn coming in. But um, it's, it's a tough place to go up there. 
and I'm sure Milo Stojowski will have uh, MacArthur steeled for the, the challenge that they're going to face. Um, I'm going to go with MacArthur. I can, I'll just get the points in a tight one away from home. It'd be a big three points for them, as you said, Brad. The, the, the table up there is, is reasonably tight, so uh, these points are like gold dust. Mossy, a lot's been made through the papers this morning around the A-Leagues and uh, a potential situation where a, a number of staff are going to lose their job. Uh, in a wider sense, it comes down to the A-Leagues saying that it's a bit of a reset for them a few years in and, and trying to work out exactly what it all looks like. What's your reaction to that? And obviously the sad news from uh, a staff perspective, but uh, what the A-Leagues now need to do with that reset if that is the case? Yeah, some big news coming out of APL. Um, I don't know what the percentage is of, of staff cuts, but um, you know, one one person losing their job is never nice. So uh, if there's more than that, then uh, you know, it's uh, it's going to be a, a terrible week for for people at the APL. It's not great news. They're not good headlines for our game. Three years in, I, I don't understand why we're needing a reset. Um, you know, I, I can understand an evolution and, and evolving the strategy um, and a business plan, but a reset uh, worries me. Um, and the other thing is, um, you know, the, the, the lack of leadership. That's um, I'm not seeing anyone fronting the media, um, you know, answering the, answering the hard questions and and giving some transparency. And in tough times, that's where leaders really stand up um, and and roll the sleeves up and get in front of uh, the media to explain to the public and the fans what's going on, um, you know, in the corridors. Uh, so yeah, it's it's, it's concerning because. Um, you know, we, we need the game to flourish. We've just had the Unite round. Um, you know, there was the, the own goal the other week about the, the table and, and, you know, the, the fact that it, um, you know, it wasn't, it was head-to-head or something that, that decided who was further up the table. No one knew about that. Um, so, yeah, there's there's some things that really need ironing out very, very quickly. And I think it comes down to, to leadership and it's not a pot shot at anyone in mm. particular, but someone has to stand up roll the sleeves up, front the media and give some transparency to what's going on because, uh, you know, we can't continue like this. Key phase for both competitions in the game in Australia. But, uh, Mossy, just recapping. So, Socceroos against Syria uh, tomorrow night. You think Australia's going to win two goals, if not more. Uh, Riley McGree and Bruno Fornaroli, you have your eye on as far as people to score goals uh, in that clash. But um, tonight, Lebanon versus China, then tomorrow morning, Tajikistan versus Qatar. Any teams standing out for you? And, and do you think uh, there are any uh, standout winners in either of those two? Um, look, I think probably easier to answer. Well, not, not easier. It makes more sense to answer the first uh, part of that question. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think, you know, you're always uh, looking at the likes of Japan, South Korea, Saudi Arabia, Australia, obviously, as, as the, the teams to watch. Um, as the tournament rolls on. Um, but, uh, yeah, and I think, you know, from what I've seen, and I've uh, just got back from uh, from a family holiday, so mm-hmm. I haven't been watching it very closely, but, um, you know, from what I've seen, Saudi Arabia looked quite strong in their win over Oman. Um, I think, uh, you know, Iraq even, their, their win over Indonesia. Indonesia are never easy, but they uh, Iraq beat them 3-1, um, so that was uh, a good result. South Korea started quite strongly, as well, so at Japan 4-2 over Vietnam. So there's there's been some really good results in the first round of games. There's um, sorry, the first game of the group stage, um, and there's nothing to suggest that those favourites that I mentioned before won't go deep into the tournament. Mossy, I'm here to ask the hard questions, mate. That's what I've been asked to do. <laughs> How was the holiday, and where did you go? 
Oh, mate, this is a tough one to answer. Yamber on the uh, far north coast of New South Wales, just uh, south of Byron Bay. It is heaven on earth, uh, jet skiing and surfing with the dolphins. Um, just a, a wonderful place. I think I wore the same clothes for 10 days. Um, so they're getting a good, and, and thongs, so they're getting a good wash this morning. Very good. Good luck yeah. with that one. Uh, good luck to the Socceroos as well tomorrow night, 10.30pm uh, our time. That's across Paramount, Channel 10, 10 Play. Mossy, thanks as always. We'll look forward to catching up soon. Thanks, guys. Take care. A recap of Adam Pengelly's tip from before. Race 7, number 11, Bolero Bell, with racing at Kensington today. Seven races, so that is in the last. It was good value with tab. $21.05 the place. Evan Priest, who we caught up with earlier. Uh, Dick Fane will be tomorrow. We've swapped the days for those two this week uh, in the American Express tournament, the PGA event in California. Evan likes Patrick Cantlay, a bit of a local... Uh, sort of tournament for him. He also likes Min Woo uh, with some improvement across his Irons game and Tom Kim, another who he doesn't mind as a uh, maybe top five or top ten play. Uh, Phil Moss just then tipping the Socceroos to win against Syria, uh, but with plenty of goals as well. He's hoping um, for uh, for at least two. Uh, Riley McGree and Bruno Fornaroli uh, potentially goal scorers if uh, Graham Arnold makes the changes. But a couple of results from last night, one of which was the Sydney Sixers, who had a big win against Perth. Perth batted first at the Furnace, four for 197, uh, and then Sydney seven for 201, with Moses Enriquez winning uh, the game with a six off the second last ball and a four off the last ball. He's clutch. You mentioned it earlier, Brad Rosen. Love him. He finds a way in those key moments to either just calm things down, steer the side, make the right decisions, or if it's time for him to step up and do it himself, he does it. And, massive um, and it's massive great to watch. win. Like just the fact that you get a win like that is huge. But in the to- context of the season, yes. you're now not having a home final that you have to win to stay in yes. the game or stay in the season. You're now going to go and go on the road to Brisbane, which okay, mm-hmm. but you get a second bite. Just two amazing things to come out of that game. But he's just done it for so long, isn't he? Feels yeah. like he's been around for like 40 years. Yeah, for sure. He's, uh, he's such a stable mate and a great, you just can sense the players love him and everything. So, yeah. Uh, Huge game, and geez, he had a smile on his face. Yeah, we're, didn't he? <laughs> we're lucky to see some of those clutch players too. Yeah, uh, b- basketball, your your sport. Uh, mm. We see it all the time in the NBA. West World for it. Yeah, um, yeah. Damian Lillard the other day, his first sort of big moment potentially with the Bucks in that win. Yeah. Steph Curry for so long, and um, some great games in the NBA today with uh, Nikola Jokic taking on Joel Embiid theoretically. Yeah. The Seventy Sixers yeah. and uh, and the Nuggets. The real but, MVP taking on the MVP. Interesting. Mm. I won't ask uh, which is which. You know, I do. I do. <laughs> Um, so that's taking place today. Three games in the NBA this morning. Those, of course, can all be seen live through the Tab app. And live cricket today too. Yep. New Zealand taking on Pakistan in the 2020, the third match of that one. Uh, New Zealand 2-0 up, but the test match. Australia versus the Windies. First ball, 10 a.m. local time. Sides have been named Australia as forecast. And the West Looks Indies... perfect weather down there too. It's been about like 23 yeah, or something. It's, like, it's been hot. Just a beautiful, comfortable yeah. day for the players. And in one way, I hope we bat because yes. I want to see Steve get his hundred and tell everyone <laughs> and uh, and I think it'd be good for Cam Green but could also see his bowl and you know who knows it'd yeah, be interesting to see what the wicket know. brings um, three debutants named for the West Indies those squads have been confirmed Kevin Hodge and Justin Greaves come into the middle order and they performed well against the CA11 in their warm-up match in Adelaide and Shamar Joseph a paceman will debut he's 24 years of age um 
Skipper Craig Braithwaite, who played with West Indies last summer, they lost 2-0. Their record lately has not been good in Australia. They haven't won a test here since 1997. Wow. Uh, had a sustained period of success, understandably. But uh, Skipper Braithwaite's comments yesterday, he wants the side to embrace it. He says, expecting a lot of fight from the guys. Obviously, guys are relatively new to test cricket and they've got to show their worth to the world. It's understandable being the underdogs. But my message... Is show the world, make the region proud, make West Indians proud. Playing in Australia is amazing. It's one of the best places to play cricket in the world. This is what the guys aspire to growing up. I think it's fabulous. I mean, you, I, I do see it being a little bit like the Packies, the way they played. And, and, and what I mean by that is, is I think there'll be sessions that they play really well in. And you're like, wow. Because, I mean, we all go back to the Windies and, you know, the Am- Ambrose and Marshalls and Clive Lloyd and Viv Richards days where they just dominated cricket for years. But I, I do think they'll have some good sessions. But, uh, I mean, in a five-day, three sessions, like in a York and 15 sessions, which it probably won't get to, um, that's where I think Australia, they're just so hardened and ready for that. But it'll be good good times. Really will be. Um, we are looking forward to day four of the Australian Open today. Uh, some of the key matches. Alex Demonor takes on Matteo Arnaldi in the day session. That match follows on Jabir and Mira Andreva. Chris O'Connell, another Aussie in action, takes on Ben Shelton. Uh, and Alexi Popier and tonight, second on Rod Laver Arena, takes on Novak Djokovic, and we will catch up with Roger Rashid in about 15 minutes' time to have a look at so many of those matches. Who's playing well, where he thinks it's sort of starting to open up for a few players, but um, Alex Demon or Matteo Rinaldi should be another easy-ish win for Demon, or nothing's easy, of no, course, yeah. the way that he plays too, and, and yeah. really tries to get on top, but... Um, Decent start against Milos Raonic. He was pushed. He had to work hard. So hopefully he's uh, Jeez, Milos has got a serve on him, doesn't he? He's still a big boy, yeah. isn't he? Whoa. Just so But hard. that was great that he... Yeah. Well, not great that it was got, got through for mm-hmm. the reason that he got through, but yes. it was great to win. But um, it's going to be... It, look, it'll be great. Another, what, week and a half, three, you know, nearly two weeks to go. And it is great tennis. Yep, absolutely. And the NFL playoffs are set for week two. The Steelers yesterday, 17 beaten by the Bills 31 in their AFC wildcard clash. That was put back a day because of wild weather. Uh, a lot of great snow pictures, but fine conditions, cold conditions, it must be said. Uh, the Bills in week two will take on Kansas City, and they host Kansas City. Uh, that's at 10.30 a.m. next Monday, Australian Eastern Daylight Time. Uh, the match before that will be Tampa Bay at Detroit, and then on Sunday, Houston at Baltimore, and Green Bay are at San Francisco. Great time of year in U.S. sport. We look yeah, forward it is, to those. isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Um, Dick Fame will be tomorrow to preview all of those. And as we head into the 7.30 break, some score updates in the world of football. Wolves won, Brentford won at halftime. Bolton won, Luton Town won one ahead of halftime. In the 42nd minute, Hull City leads Birmingham nil. Newport County leads Eastleigh 1-0. Bristol City leading West Ham 1-0 in those FA Cup third round replays. It is 7.30 in New South Wales and the ACT, 6.30 through Queensland. You are listening to the Big Sports Breakfast Summer Show and we'll be back after the news with Roger Rashid. Welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast Summer Show. Will Davies and Brad Rosen with you. Brad, good morning to you. Pleasure morning, always to have you in here. We'll chat with Roger Rashid very soon. Novak Djokovic in action today. Alexi Popurin. You mean the winner of the 2024 uh, Australian Open? Are you a yeah. Novak fan? Uh, it's a great question. He's The answer would be no, 
but he's growing on me. Sure. But it was just no one can replace Roger Federer to me. Yeah, sure. Like he was just the pinnacle of twenty something years. Um, led from the front, mm-hmm. was in every semi final and final that you can imagine, Wimbledon's and everything. And what he was off the court, I loved. Yep. Just the grace, and you know, like he's so good, he has two sets of twins, right? Like, so <laughs> he just doesn't have one, right? So, so <coughs> I, I just loved what he brought. So, because of that, I didn't want Djokovic to win. Yeah. But now, like, man, he's going to get 30 yeah. the way he's going. And you got to give it to him. The guy's bloody amazing. He's dominant, isn't he? Yeah, runs, runs so all day. Good, so. um, In the NBL, looking at your uh, specific field, round 16 starts tonight. South East Melbourne hosting mm. Adelaide. Phoenix mm. Nates and the 36ers at the bottom. The Hawks by the top ends tomorrow in Wollongong. Friday, the Jack Jumpers versus Melbourne United. Then Perth versus Brisbane. We'll catch up with you again on Friday. But mm. uh, tonight, South East Melbourne and Adelaide. Then the Hawks and Taipans tomorrow. Who do you expect to win those two? Look, I, I feel the Phoenix will get today versus Adelaide. The mm-hmm. problem with um, South East Melbourne Phoenix is they are Jekyll and Hyde and you just do know not mm-hmm. you don't A you don't know what team's going to show up and B you don't know what's going to show up because who's injured uh, I called a game the other day in, in Illawarra against South East Melbourne and their three imports were out now for our listeners that watch basketball you imports are usually yeah, your yeah, better yeah, players and your three imports are out you know like that's like having your top three order in cricket mm. or your one six and nine out in a football game so it's like this is ridiculous and they got pumped by 30 odd uh, against Illawarra so if Phoenix show up the team show up and the players show up and I mean in mentally state mm-hmm. they beat Adelaide easy yeah. but Adelaide are playing better even though they're sitting on the bottom ladder so I think that with Illawarra and Cairns that's going to be a ripper tomorrow night mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be down there calling that one. I'm Cairns is just one of those teams that could get the win, but I'll, I'll go for Illawarra at home. Very good. So much happening across Melbourne Park with day four of the Australian Open. And to preview it all, Roger Rashid up next. Roger, good morning to you. The day session today, Alex Demonor and Matteo Alnardi. What are we looking forward to there? And, uh, and how was day three? Yeah, well, it was it was it was brilliant yesterday. We had, I thought we had a you know again we had uh, we had big crowds and the and the tennis was yeah you know, it was quite inspiring in some for, in some areas as well. We just you know you got a, you got a chance to see young twenty year old in our uh turn up and and play last night. You, you had an eighteen year old from uh, you know Jang Shang who's who's the youngest player uh, to uh, get through in in the men's uh, men's side of the draw. You also had a uh, you know had an Indian player Samuel Nagal who's in, and he beat a seed in Bublik and uh, he qualified and Nagal and it's 35 years since an Indian player has beaten a seed at the Australian Open so there's some, there were some interesting storylines uh, on the on the back courts I suppose and um, and on on the main courts the you know a lot of the the big names the big seeds that you expected to get through got through and uh, you know they were challenged but they but they got through so. Um, you know, so it was a, yeah, it was an interesting, interesting game and uh, interesting days tennis. There's no doubt about that. And uh, if you want to flick over to to Alex, let's go straight to him because um, because he's got he's got a he's got a lot more friendly he's got a friendlier match today uh, than he had against uh, Milos Raonic only two nights ago on Rod Laver because he, he takes on Italian Almaty Matteo. He's uh, Matteo Almaty. He's 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 actually a uh, he's he's a quality player. He's solid. You know. You know he's 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 41 in the world, so it means that you know he's solid. Uh, he hasn't got a lot of weapons uh, that harm you, so there'll be a lot of tennis played off the back of the court. 22 year old who's uh, he's he's learning his craft really, trying to add some 
add some more things um, in a typical fashion that Alex has uh, tried to add more things and eventually has uh, bolstered up his game so he could push into push it into a top 10 spot in the world. So uh, it'll be an intriguing match, but it'll really be a match where you, you feel comfortable, you're involved in a lot of service games. Uh, so I'm sure that the going is going to be a little bit tough for the Italian. Um, he, he, as I said, plays a steady game and can challenge, but I don't think over the journey of five sets, um, he, he's got the capabilities to get over the top of Alex. Good morning, Roger. Brad here. Um, Max Purcell um, took him three attempts to serve it out um, to beat the qualifier, <laughs> but yeah. he faces Casper Rudd uh, next, uh, who he did beat last year. How do you rate his chances? Yeah, Max really struggled. I mean, and and it was great to hear him afterwards. He he said he was he was just gagging. You know, mm-hmm. like it's it's he it had some good honesty because there are you know a lot of times when you. You just can't get over the line, and as you said, he hasn't got through a first round, and he was he was playing on a key arena. It's a good good environment, but wow, yeah, he was gagging. There's no doubt about that. He was pushing the ball around, and and then he, you know, the amount of times he had opportunities uh, on his service game, but just couldn't get the job done. And it was, you know, that's not a it's not a great experience, especially if you end up losing that fourth set and uh, and and going into the fifth because you know sometimes you just can't recover from those moments, but. Uh, look, he plays Casper, who won in straight sets, six one, six three, six one, and and uh, looked really, really smooth. Uh, does it? Can he beat him? Uh, you know, once you once you tie your shoelaces up and you walk out there, uh, you've got opportunities, no doubt about it. He'd, play, he'd have to. The difference between his first round match, Max and uh, Max, you know, he would have been. He's expecting to win that match because he he's definitely the favourite in that match. So it's a big difference when you're a complete underdog. You're coming out and you can swing freely, and let's hope he does swing freely because that's something he didn't do in that match um, yeah, yesterday to try and close it out, but also during big portions of that match. So it was a real mental struggle out there. So, but Casper's found some form. He looks he's had a good start to the season. Uh, played the United Cup, uh, looks smooth, and then and then has come in and, and opened up here really well. It's a it's a court that really suits him. So, I think the going will be will be tough. Um, but you know when you've when you've also had you've played someone like. Casper, um, before, you've got a feeling of a little bit more comfort on the court uh, when you walk out against them. Mm. Uh, on an Australian perspective today, Chris O'Connell takes on Ben Shelton, the 16th seed from the US. How do you see Chris O'Connell going, and, and what do you think that scoreline will be? Yeah, Chris, is, Chris has played um, He's played well during the Australian summer, so you know he'd be pretty happy with the way he's gone so far in the Australian summer. He's, he's hitting the ball well. I've, I've watched him. His movement's been outstanding. And, he, and he's got a calm head on his shoulders. So uh, you get what you, you see with Chris. He competes well. He's got, he's got a single-handed backhand. He'll try and come in when he has the opportunity. He's, you know, his backhand's a, a big weapon of his. Um, and so, but he's playing, you know, he's playing a big serving American who's got a lot of front, sticks his chest out, quarterfinals last year. He's 21 years of age. Um, you know, and he's, and he's risen up the rankings really quickly, courtesy of his start here last year when he made the quarterfinals. So, um, eventually losing to Tommy Paul. But I think, you know, over the journey, you know, it could be a tricky match for Ben Shelton because mm-hmm. Chris does like to, he, he likes to bunt the ball back. Uh, he can make a lot of returns. It, it, a lot of it can depend on Ben Shelton and, and how he serves. You know, if he has a day where he's a little off, but, you know, I, I'd expect. You'd expect the American to come through just because he's got a few more weight. He's got a, he's just got some bigger weapons. Uh, good competitor. He plays a little bit uh, slingshot tennis at times, and and it and it can bite you. So, I'm I think it'll be a four set match, uh, potentially a five set match, but I'll, but I'll lead towards American. 
Roger, can I ask, as someone that's watched tennis and loved it for many years, to come into this, it's it's rare that you say like, well, Djokovic's going to win this and who's running for second when it was always, you know, Federer, you know, then you've got Djokovic and Nadal and who's going to win and stuff. How does you rate it as someone that's been around for tennis so long? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Or is it let's go get him and see who can knock him off top spot? Oh, I love where the game's at the moment. Obviously, we love the rivalries of when Roger and Rafa were playing. Andy Murray was at his prime. Mm. Stan Wawrinka wasn't there. You know, we had one, Martin Del Potro, which unfortunately, who, unfortunately from Argentina, who who if he hadn't have got injured with his wrist and knees and, and hasn't been, you know, and then had to retire, um, would have been up there with those guys as well and he would have won uh, multiple majors. So there was this, you know, there was this big force um, and obviously Leighton just a little bit before those guys came, all came good. So uh, there was a big force. So you sort of knew what the semifinals was going to look like. Um, and I guess for the fans, they, you know, you built these, this this viewing platform that you could watch these great rivalries. Um, here we're not getting at the moment. What we do getting is where we're getting youngsters trying to push up against um, you know the last man standing. I guess in Novak, uh, to be perfectly honest, and and he is standing and he's not going anywhere and he's 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 absorbing and loving the challenge. What you've got is Alcaraz, who's won two majors. Uh, Yannick Sinner, who's definitely taken a step up in the way he's playing. He's beaten beaten Novak at the end of last year. He beat Alcaraz a couple of times as well. So Yannick's the one who's who's sitting up. You know, he's got his hand up at the moment and, and challenging. It'll be interesting to see where he he ends up. It looks like you know if they if he gets through, he plays today as well, which and he'll win. He'll win easily. In fact, he won't he won't drop many many uh, many games in his match um, against his Dutch opponent. You know, he'll he'll end up playing. Um, Novak in the semi, so I like where it's at at the moment because we're just finding a bit of a new normal, and there, you know, there there will be some rivalries. There's no doubt about that. Mm. Sinner and Alcaraz will have a rivalry, um, you know, and there there'll be a few other Medvedev's there as well. You know, Grand Slam champion, he knows how to get it done. Um, he, he's always a threat at majors, so so yeah, I like it. It's different, and we're getting different characters on the court. Last night, you know, you'll see that you know the flamboyancy of someone like Alcaraz, who's who just explodes on the ball. He plays, you know, he does, you know, he said he played, plays like Roger Federer. Well, he does. He plays off the back of the court. He likes to come forward. He's still serving volley. Um, he's got a physique more like Nadal. Um, and he's got, a, you know, he's got some off the back of the court. He's got some similarities to Novak as well. And uh, so he's got a combination of all three. And that's what Novak said. You know, he actually said he, he's a com- combined um, version of all three of us. Um, and so he's exciting for the game. So, yeah, I, I'm enjoying where it's at, and I enjoy the fact that you know, uh, no, you know, Novak's out there. He's trying to break all the records, isn't he? He's, he's broken most of them. He's trying to smash all the records, and and he's getting hunted. He plays Alexi Popurin tonight, second on Rod Laver Arena. Is that a straight sets win for Novak, or can Popurin push him a little bit? Uh, Popurin may may take a may take a set, but it would be a it'd be a set where you've got a red line if if you saw you know. You, you saw Novak's first round match. You have to redline against Novak. You have to be super athletic, super aggressive. Um, there's, you know, it's not, they're not all categories that Alexi falls into. Um, he can be aggressive. Uh, His athleticism is improving. It needs to, needs to go to another few levels. But, um, you know, uh, players similar to his height are extremely athletic. Uh, you know, that they've, they've got a, you know, a couple of different runs on him. So that's just a, a genuine development stage. So, uh, yeah, so I'd, I'd say Novak, 
Novak gets, you know, he'll get through comfortably. Uh, some good wins for the Aussies last night. Thanasi Kokonakis beating Sebastian Ofner. He plays Grigor Dimitrov next. We'll chat about that tomorrow morning. Ola Tomljanovic beat Petra Martic as well. Um, couple good of, win. Um, that was a good win. Yeah, really good. Uh, three sets. A couple of uh, quick thoughts on a few of the matches today because it's a, a ripping lineup. Um, Angevur versus Mira and Draver first up. That's ahead of Demonor and Analdi. Angevur, straight sets. Uh, no, you got a 16-year-old who's turning up in uh, Mira and Drover, nice. so yep. so she's uh, she's fun to watch. And Ons has been a little, you know, there's she's a little vulnerable at the moment. So uh, we're we're still yet to see, you know, we're not sure exactly where she's placed. Ons is obviously very tricky because she's got she's got variety in her game. So she slices and dices, and and then she'll she'll find the net at certain times. But I like Mira and Drover because she's if you get a chance to have a look at her, she's 16 and savvy and she's uh, you know she she'll hunt you down and she's you know she's she's really got uh, herself in a position where she feels like she can be uh, super competitive so that will be that'll be a little tricky I'd expect you'd expect the number six seed to get through but Mm. it'll be quite a challenging um, and it would never be a surprise for me if it you know if a young 16 year old who has no fear and go out swinging uh, can can cause an upset so that that's a you know, you've got Alex on that court as well. Mm. Savalenka, she she starts a night session. I don't see that she'll have any trouble tonight. Um, yep. You know, so she's you know she's you know I don't feel like that's going to be a match that she's going to get troubled by. And, mm-hmm. and you know, we've already spoken about Novak and Coco Goff's on Margaret Court Arena. And uh, you know, she plays a fellow American. And I don't think a dollar hide. So I don't think she's going to be. Uh, trouble there too much and might be a bit of a she'll be overawed I think the young the the other American uh, against Coco Goff uh, and then Carolina Wozniacki taking on Maria Timofeva and Gail Monfils versus Thomas Martin Echeverry quick thoughts on those two uh, does uh, Wozniacki get yeah, through yeah Wozniacki gets through yep. and uh, Gail he's my he's my old charge so um, geez I'm going to I'm going to lean there a little bit with Gail I think I've got to uh, it's, it'll be upset, it'll be interesting yeah, I'd, yeah. I think it could cause an upset. The conditions are here are today are overcast. There's rain. I don't think they'll start on the outside courts on time. And so it will play into Gail's hands a bit. It's not as hot. Uh, I reckon he can cause an upset. Very good. Roger, always appreciate your thoughts. We will look forward to chatting again tomorrow morning. See you, guys. Welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast Summer Show. Five minutes to eight across New South Wales and the ACT and five minutes to seven throughout Queensland. Brisbane Heat will host the first final of the Big Bash League on Friday. They'll take on the Sixers after the Sixers beat the Scorchers last night. And we're looking forward to a big day at Melbourne Park with the tennis and also the start of the first test between Australia and the West Indies. And we're also looking forward to some great racing today. They're on the Kenzo in Sydney, seven races there. And Brad Davidson from Sky Racing joins us. Davo, good morning. How are you? Yeah, morning, Will. Morning, Brad. Morning, guys. How are you going? Very, very well, thank you. Ahead of today's racing on the Kenzo and uh, and around Australia, um, some stars returned at the trials yesterday. What stood out for you? Yeah, they certainly did, didn't they? Uh, we had a few there, Fangirl, Militarise, uh, Griff. Um, we had good to see Learning to Fly back. That was the, the main sort of takeaway for me. She tried really well there at Warwick Farm yesterday, won her heat in good style. Of course, we haven't seen her since the the golden slipper last year when she was injured. So, um, yeah, great to see her back at the back at the track and, uh, yeah, trialled the house down. So she looks to have come back really well off that long break. And, um, yeah, obviously everything went pear-shaped in that slipper. And, 
um, copped a, a nasty injury. So um, she's been had taken a bit of time to sort of get over that and get back to the track. And yeah, it's not far away from the autumn when these good horses start stepping out. And that was the case there yesterday. Obviously, just a bit of a hit around for the likes of Fangel and militarised and horses like that. But um, they went through the motions, and I'm sure we'll have a, a bit more of a, a stronger hit out in a few weeks' time in another trial. Brad, 11-11 retires. What's going on? Yeah, exactly, Brad. Yep. Uh, look, he won over $3 million in prize money. He was a, a terrific sprinter on his day, and he, he really made that Magic Millions day his own over the years. So uh, loved, uh, loved the Gold Coast and had much success up there. But, um, yeah, after the, the Magic Millions carnival on the weekend, the team deciding to retire him. So, yeah, more than $3 million in prize money. Uh, terrific sprinter on his day and um, yeah, did a great job for Greg Hickman and, and connections over a number of seasons. So what Underwall involved, and I'm sure he'll enjoy retirement now. Ahead of today's racing, David, can you get your thoughts on Rose Hill this weekend? It's shaping up to be a nice uh, nice meeting this Saturday. So look, I think the truck's in the heavy eight range at the moment. So we'll see how that sort of lands by Saturday. But um, good to see some strong numbers in that two-year-old handicap. There's a stack of nominations there. So we've been a bit light on in... In the two-year-old races of late, we've lost a few um, through lack of sort of acceptances the last few weeks. So, uh, yeah, nice to see strong noms there. And, um, yeah, I mean, they're going to be struggling to, to beat Stormboy for the performance of the season for some time, you would think. But, um, yeah, we've still got look a lot of water to go to the bridge until the Golden Slipper in a few months' time and um, plenty of time for two-year-olds to sort of come out and out of the woodwork and uh, put their name forward as a, as a real slipper prospect. It's the important time. We've had some SMSs as well. Can't wait for Bragg Davidson and his tips. So who you got today? Uh, look, I, I like Timpanist on the, the Kenzo track. Look, we're on a soft six at the moment. So, um, you know, good bit of cut out of the ground. He enjoys that. Look, this horse just absolutely loves the Kenzo track. I think he's around sort of that $5.50 range. He's had six starts here on the Kenzo for four wins, and he just seems to grow a leak here. I know he was disappointing last start, but his form prior to that was terrific, and I just think getting back to his favourite tracks are key for him today. He's drawn nicely to get a good run just off the speed, and I thought he'd go close there at 1,800, which I think is his ideal distance. So, um, Timpanist uh, for me there on the Kenzo track today at the Eastway Odds. Nice. Bradley, thank you very much. We look forward to watching that and your coverage across Sky, and we'll chat on Friday ahead of another big weekend, as always, in the world Thanks. of racing. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. Cheers. Brad Davidson, Sky Racing form expert there. It's approaching 8 a.m., and after the 8 a.m. news, 8 a.m. through New South Wales and at the ACT, and 7 a.m., in Queensland. Looking forward to catching up with Geordie Hunter at Sydney Kings mm-hmm. Centre, having a big campaign in the NBL. Uh, and then Mitch Manners, Gold Coast Race Caller, and hopefully Stu Clark a little bit later. Um, always fascinating that expression, looks to grow a leg. Yeah. Imagine a five-legged racehorse. Can't imagine <laughs> it actually run all that well, would it, Brad? There's so many comments that come to my mind when you just said that, but five-legged horse race was not one. <laughs> Interesting stuff. But Brad Davidson, Sky Racing across today, and his tip, a race six, number five. Timpanist earlier, Adam Pengeli, with a value play on the Kenzo today, race seven, number 11, Bolero Bell.